the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. So a contagion. I think we all know what a contagion is after the pandemic tied towards COVID-19. A contagion is the spread in financial worlds of an economic crisis from one market or one region to another, and it occur both at a domestic and international level. The first contagion that I ever ran into, first crisis on Wall Street, was I started in this industry, I believe, about 95. So my first good year in the industry was 96, and then 1997 happened. And here I was thinking internet stocks would go up forever, growth stocks would go up forever. And I learned that there was a 1990, in 1997, there was a crisis on the Thai bat. It was called the Asian contagion. Some people referred to it as the Asian flu. Um, it's been evident across America and across the world before then, but that's when financial media really got into calling it a contagion. There's fears that we may have a contagion again brought about by the Federal Reserve and other world banks raising interest rates thus hurting companies like Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank. And now today we're seeing what's wrong with Credit Suisse. Let's bring on Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. Are we in a contagion? Is this going to have a ripple effect? Is it going to jump from one bank to the next until we finally have that whoosh down moment where the banks collapse and federal regulators jump in, save the day, and that's the market bottom? Right. Well, I wish I could answer the question specifically, sure. Rob, because I, I don't I don't follow bank stocks individually. But I think where the contagion factor is real is, you know, for the macro economy. Right. Um, there are going to be certainly ripple effects, maybe bigger wave effects from what's going on in the banking sector right now. Uh, because you'll have risk aversion, um, not only on the part of you know borrowers, but also on the part of lenders, and more so on the part of lenders now, given what has taken place uh, with Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, Silvergate Capital, uh, the you know dealings with Credit Suisse right now. Um, you know, you are going to see banks uh, tighten their lending standards and and get more conservative with uh, their risk taking um, uh, approaches. Let's talk a little bit about Silicon Valley Bank. It's you have not been on since that really went down Friday and over the weekend. Signature Bank, similar situation. The government seemed to act appropriately by saying, okay, we're going to break the rule book. Everyone who has money in the bank is going to get it back. We're going to go above and beyond the FDIC insurance, which let me remind everyone, FDIC insurance is a product. It is sold into the banking industry. It insures up to 250000 per name on the account. You can have up to four names. I hear five names on the account, actually. So two hundred fifty could actually be over a million dollars of coverage. But we're going to be paying more for FDIC insurance, I believe, because the Fed and the 
Treasury Department kind of broke the rules and said, you know, we're going to make everyone whole, even multi-hundred millionaires. Um, what's your thoughts that went down on Silicon Valley Bank? Right. Well, I think you, you bring up a very good uh, point there in terms of, you know, to say that there's no cost here is, is a little bit misleading, frankly. Um, you know, because ultimately, uh, you know, the the banks are, you know, the deposit insurance fund is is funded by assessments on banks. And um, and if you're going to have some type of, you know, what right now is an implicit guarantee that, you know, depositors will be protected mm-hmm. on their uninsured deposits, you can bet that these banks are going to, you know, face higher assessment rates. Um, and, you know, in the end, that's going to trickle down to the borrower, to the person opening up their checking account, to someone who writes a bad check. You can bet that these banks will reclaim whatever increased costs that will come to them from the higher assessment through higher bank fees. Uh, so there will be a cost to, uh, to the bank customer in the end. Um, so, uh, you know, I think right now that the government is, is reluctant to provide an explicit guarantee on all uninsured deposits uh, because it knows this very point. Um, and, uh, and I think it doesn't want to be exposed as ra- ultimately, you know, raising costs for, you know, for bank customers by, you know, by providing such a guarantee. Now, the stock market, you know, the narrative I'm hearing is that the stock market is, is still suffering here because it has yet to hear that explicit guarantee. But that really just goes back to, you know, unfortunately how uh, the, you know, the Fed put the, you know, the willingness to bail things out so quickly over the last, you know, 20 years or so has really conditioned people to expect, you know, the Fed to ride to the rescue in every situation, which, you know, obviously hasn't done anything to um, eradicate moral hazard, evidenced by the, you know, the management uh, approaches by those running Silicon Valley Bank. And so now kind of we're all, any investor in the market is paying the price for that uh, because you're getting increased volatility, uh, a lack of conviction, a lack of confidence, and it's uh, manifesting itself in lower stock prices. So I don't want to completely hoard your whole time. Um, Briefing.com is an excellent source of both international and domestic news. I start my day every day with your page one. Today, your headline is the boogeyman is back for banks and, and investor sentiment. This is kind of a horror story for retail investors. I don't know how much of a horror story it is for professional investors because I see a lot of opportunities. Um, let's talk about the boogeyman is back for banks or let's talk about what you're seeing. What, what are you expecting for the next couple of weeks? Because Credit Suisse is in the news today and that brings down JP Morgan. It brings down Goldman Sachs. It brings down Citigroup. The ability to pull money out of a bank can now be done with five clicks more often than not. So we could see this happen again. Um, what are your expectations in the short term? Well, I mean, certainly you expect there to be a heightened volatility here. Um, You know, we saw a good uh, bad day Monday, good day Tuesday. Uh, Now we're not doing so well today. And it all kind of revolves around perspectives on what's going on, you know, with these banks right now. And, and, you know, kind of what you led with at the top of the interview is like, you know, is there more, is there going to be a contagion effect? Well, you know, really don't know. Um, And that's, that's the problem here. I think that you've got 
some post-traumatic stress syndrome from the financial crisis here, where obviously, you know, in the throes of that, you had, you know, all the leaders of those banks coming out and, you know, talking about how strong their capital position was and that they're okay. You know, and lo and behold, they were, you know, you had a run on them. Um, so it's hard to know what to, what to think and what to believe at the moment. Um, and when there's a lack of confidence there, you know, you get risk aversion. And so we're seeing a massive flight to safety in the treasury market today. Well, not just today, but, you know, over the last week or so. Um, and it's just, you know, it, it's a detriment to the stock market because um, it, you know, there's just has, there's just a strong sense of risk aversion. So no one's wanting to really commit capital there until the so the dust settles around this this mess at the moment, and, and because there's no real clear sense of uh, you know where it might end right now, is why you're going to continue to see heightened volatility in the near term. So I have a theory, and you can tell me if I'm if you think I'm way off base or maybe close. It's not right or wrong. It's it's one of the two. It's more like horseshoes. Um, I think this could be the event that puts in the market bottom. It's for the last 12, 14 months, we've been saying, you know, this doesn't feel like a bottom. There's no panic. There's no no distress. Mm -hmm. There's no jumping out of buildings, you know, stay on a one floor building because you don't want to be the guy to jump. Um, There's been no spike in the VIX. There's been no massive layoffs. There's been, you know, earnings have held up eh, kind of okay. Uh, Not great. Not wonderful. not, Not even ideal, but kind of okay. Could this be where the Fed goes, okay, that CPI number yesterday wasn't great, but we'll let that one slide. And the PPI number today wasn't the best, but it's trending correctly. Could this be the market bottom if this kind of gets out of control and maybe we have a couple more bad days and then a really bad day? Um, And again, I don't have to be right or wrong. Yeah, you know, I, I... There, you know, there's some some sense in that, right? You know, we saw obviously again going back to the financial crisis when things finally really, you know, you know, hit home hard is when you know we saw a, the strongest reaction from the Fed, and then of course you saw the bottom in in the market in March of 2009, and then it was off to the races from there basically. But um, but I think the one thing that is still missing, right, as it relates to what's going on right now, is a stronger cut in earnings estimates. Um, you know, this is this is going to have the knock on effect here. And this is why, you know, I think, you know, relative to the big picture column I write on Friday and probably what I will be discussing this week is that you have to be careful what you wish for. Right. Market wanted the Fed to stop raising interest rates. We're probably close to that. You know, maybe not there just yet, but we're probably really close. Uh, but the reason we're really close now, just a week after the Fed chair was teasing the possibility that the Fed would have to raise 50 basis points, you know, in a couple of weeks, in, you know, next week or so, um, is because you have this banking problem, you know, that's come front and center. And what I discussed earlier is there is going to be a knock-on effect on the economy because banks are going to rein back their lending activity. It's going to be more challenging to get a loan. Uh, and kind of like the lifeblood of you know expansion here it, uh, of growth is, is credit expansion. And that's not going to come as easily as it once did. Banks' earnings prospects are going to be crimped, and that's going to trickle down into other areas of the economy. And I don't think we've seen a, uh, a significant enough cut to earnings estimates yet to account for that likelihood because uh, look at what we're all discussing now, right, is that what happened with Silicon Valley Bank is a clear sign that the lag effect of the Fed's prior rate hikes is really going to hit home, okay? So if that's the case, we're just at the start of that, right? And so uh, we might be in for some more challenging economic times with uh, with 
increased you know uh, levels of layoffs and so on and you know feelings of job insecurity mm-hmm. that helps uh, that you know crimp spending uh, and you're likely to see lower earnings estimates as a result of that so yeah we could reach a bottom eventually here um, but we need earnings estimates to kind of follow that okay. that thinking and they haven't yet. Well said, and you're standing by it. I'm I'm looking for the easy out, and you're you're standing by the fundamentals. I like it. It's Patrick O'Hare. He does a page one next week. I will give you all of the twelve minutes to do whatever you want to talk about. But we had to go backwards to Silicon Valley Bank because I knew you'd have some insights, and you did. Thank you. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news. I start my day every day with page one written by Patrick O'Hare. I finish it on the end of the week with a big picture written by Patrick O'Hare. But they've got a lot of writers and a lot of content that we don't cover on the show. This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. So I did something kind of goofy yesterday. Went to a bar to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, sort of. I'm not terribly Irish. I've got some Irish, English, slash Scottish in me. Bit of a mutt of a family tree. But uh, came in third place in in trivia, in green trivia. So I won something like $52. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, it was all trivia on St. Patrick's Day, and I don't know much, but I guess I knew more than most is what it comes down to. St. Patrick's Day by the numbers, $6.9 billion in the United States this year falls on a Friday. Holy mackerel to be 21, 22, 23, 24 years old again. It is such a fun day. St. Patrick introduced Christianity to Ireland in the 5th century. That goes back more than a couple years. It's involved as a day to embrace Irish food, music, and the Emerald Isle's signature color. Americans planning to celebrate are expected to drop a collective $6.9 billion this year. $6.9 billion. That's a stimulus to the economy. That's a billion dollars more than they spent on the holiday last year. The number breaks down to, per adult, $43.84 on average. I just like it when people are happy. As I'm getting older, I just don't understand the anger in America. We have so many thing, good things to look forward to, like the sunrise today. Women are outspending men. This is one that I guess I understand. Uh, food, apparel, decorations, and greeting cards. I'm just in it for the green beer. Most St. Patrick. Wait, most St. Patrick. Most St. Patty. St. Patty. Can I call him St. Patty? I guess I can because it's my show, not yours. Uh, most of us will wear green tomorrow. Some of us will make a special dinner. Some will decorate their homes. 26% will decorate their homes. We used to do this thing, and I'm not going to say we're going to do it this year. But when the children were smaller, we'd pretend uh, they would set leprechaun traps out. And they would try to get the pot of gold, which here's a fun fact for you. How much is that pot of gold worth? Uh, I don't have a number for you. So it's close to like $2 million is, is what I remember. And I don't, oh, it's 1.84 million. There it is. 
there is an increase of 174% in beer sales tomorrow. 31 million Americans claim Irish ancestry, second only to German. And that's six times the population of Ireland. Sadly, of note, um, get an Uber or Lyft. 37 people will be killed, probably due to drunk driving based on history. It's tragic. There's a thing called Uber and Lyft now. Just throwing it down for those of you who choose to imbibe and celebrate. Um, Generation Z and millennial drinkers are two times more likely to buy hard seltzers for St. Patrick's Day. So hard seltzers are still a thing. Um, Beer is most popular pick by far. 70% of revelers plan to drink alcohol choosing suds of wheat and barley and thus it brews into beer, right? It's not a hard alcohol kind of day, which just throwing it down there for you. Oh, and let me just be honest with you, because this is a show about honesty and spending money and getting saving money and earning money and investing money and getting to retirement. I'm not a Guinness drinker. It's an odd thing to say out loud. It's an odd thing to admit to. Just not a Guinness drinker. Let's move back towards Wall Street, shall we? So that I don't anger you too much with my St. Patrick's Day statistics. We have a slightly weaker day today, but it's moving positive. This time next week, we're going to be through the Fed meeting. And the Fed meeting will determine. On one hand, the Fed is fighting inflation and raising interest rates, and they're still stubbornly high inflation. We saw that with a decrease in inflation in the CPI and the PPI, but still, eh, if that number were were for the year, we would be very upset with it. And annual increases are still high. They're coming down. They're just not coming down fast and furious. Fast and furious. 14. Everyone's in a wheelchair. They've souped up their wheelchairs to do a race, though. That'll eventually happen, right? Some of those actors, at least half their movie credits have to be Fast and Furious movies. Nope. On the other hand, the Fed it has to be seeing that banks are having problems. And banks lend money. And lending is the lifeblood of the U.S. economy, the world economy. And banks are having problems lending money. And they're going to get tighter and tighter now. So maybe by the Silicon Valley Bank and Credit Suisse getting really tight, creating tight scenarios in the United States and the world, maybe that'll be enough to create a disinflationary environment. I wish I could tell you what the Fed would do. I can't. I can barely tell you what I'm going to do later this afternoon for lunch. I can tell you um, it's a mixed market today. You're seeing some winners, some losers like Meta slightly down. Airbnb, NVIDIA slightly up. Can't really pick a trend on this alone today, in my opinion. Today is a little bit like Forrest Gump. It's a box of chocolates. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. For the record, I think dumbest movie ever made. And that's going against the like, attack of the killer tomatoes. But that's just me.
And I don't want to read the new Tom Hanks book in any way, shape, or form. So Meta should be rallying today on the news that the U.S. might ban TikTok if its owners don't sell their stakes. One minute. Is that kind of interesting? I think that's the story. I think that's the one underneath the story today. Initial jobless claims for the week ending March 11th decreased by 20,000 to 192,000. Key takeaway on the economic data today is initial claims were back below 200,000, reflecting a very tight labor market, meaning the Fed, on that one hand, should be raising interest rates. Because tight labor equals wage inflation. Wage inflation is a problem when it's too hot. We want Goldilocks not too hot, not too cold. 2 to 4% is where we like to fall. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Happy St. Patty's Day for those who celebrate. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. We have a lot to talk about this week. Typically, the Federal Reserve, they have a dual mandate of fighting inflation and keeping employment for Americans full. There's really not a set number on employment, and there's really not a set number on inflation. There's a vague one on inflation, 2%. But would they be happy with 3%? The Federal Reserve has been on a campaign in the last two years to fix what the pandemic brought to us in the most ugliest forms, not death of our friends and family, although that is tragic, but inflation. COVID is going to go down in history as hurting the lower classes of the world more so than any other aspect that I can imagine. And the Federal Reserve and other banks around the world did what they could to raise interest rates. Well, no, 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 no. They did what they could to accommodate cheap lending during the pandemic to the point of fault, keeping interest rates incredibly low for a long period of time, even when we saw inflation start creeping higher. What we've learned about Silicon Valley Bank is the Fed waited too long to move and raise interest rates. But when they did, the mistake that they might have made was 75 basis points at a time, 75 basis points at a time, 75 basis points at a time. Instead of 25 basis points. And historically, 50 was a lot when they would do one of those moves. But 75 basis points were unheard of. And now we may have that moment in the stock market. We may have that moment that I've been looking for for 15 months. Something broke. Silicon Valley broke. Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic. And confidence in the Federal Reserve and confidence in banking is under a lot of stress today. I know this sounds really like early for me to say, and it is. But this welcome to your bottom in the stock market. Not yet. Not yet. But welcome to the last stages of the markets putting in the bottom. You get an event. A whoosh, a panic. Something broke. Again, could I be wrong? I could be. I'm very early on this one. And I know it. The headlines are still moving very quickly. But this is how you form a bottom. Something breaks. 
Bear Stearns, Lehman Brothers broke. The housing crisis, the heat in the housing crisis in the early 2000s finally broke with Marilyn Goldman Sachs basically overcommitting on on mortgages, what the returns could be to investors. That's summing it up a little bit too cleanly. You're going to hear a lot about this today. Um, could we go down 20%? I'm, that's one thing I'm hearing. But no one's saying it like I am, that this is the event we've been waiting for. Do you remember in the last 15 months, I said, there really hasn't been any crazy whoosh down days. There really hasn't been any panic. There hasn't been any, well, there was panic over the weekend. At the end of an extremely stressful weekend, depositors of collapsed Silicon Valley Bank were told that they could have everything everywhere all at once. Get it? Get it? (laughs) The U.S. government informed anxious Silicon Valley bank depositors that they'd have access to all the money they stashed with the lender. Even if the amount exceeded $250,000 limit insured by the FDIC. In addition to backstopping depositors, the Fed is offering additional funding to some banks to limit the contagion from spreading across the banking sector. The Fed's aggressive actions, the scale of which we have not seen since early COVID, shows how the implosion of Silicon Valley Bank could have quickly turned into a full-blown banking crisis when markets opened this morning. Banking is ultimately a confidence game. And I've learned that in my investment career through the eyes of people who were older than me. People who were afraid. I'm like, I don't get it. Banks never fail. And when they do, it's very, very rare. And when they do, it's it's for the very, very privileged. And this is another case of the privileged. Tech companies, startups. The amount of damage done to retail investors versus commercial investors is it's minuscule. The government had a hard head uh, deadline this morning of 930 to restore confidence in the banking system. 930 Eastern time. So we'll see how they did because the market's now open. Before we get to the markets, let's talk about Silicon Valley Bank. Its assets will be sold to the highest bidder. The FDIC, which now controls Silicon Valley Bank, began an auction for the bank's assets Saturday night. The cleanest outcome would be a single player, but there's a few banks that are big enough to do it. This is a case where, as Silicon Valley Bank fails, big monopoly banks win. Down the road, consumers lose because we'll have fewer choices. Whether we're a startup entrepreneur company or we're a family looking for a mortgage. Companies such as J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, Bank of America, and I would have to throw in Goldman Sachs to that list, are going to be winners here if they choose to be. They're going to be able to gobble up assets for pennies on the dollar. Well, it appears that, you know, we're not reliving 2008 as of yet. Silicon Valley Bank in 2008 with Goldman Sachs and Lehman Brothers, not Goldman Sachs, Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers. Collapsing and people going to work on Monday to find the building had been locked. Wow. Politically charged debates over the Fed's decision to backstop depositors. What the meaningfulness of FDIC insurance really means, because I've got, and this is something you don't know. If you've got a million dollars in the bank, do you have risk on that? Here's how you can set it up to be almost risk-free. 
put your name on the account, put your wife's name on the account, put your two kids' names on the account. So you're allowed to add up the beneficiaries on that 250000 to almost a million dollars. Does that protect you completely? Nope. But we're going to learn by the end of the day how serious the United States is about protecting our banking system and how great of a deal a big bank is going to get and or not get. So that's the big headline of the day. The secondary big headline, everything, everywhere, all at once, dominated the Academy Awards and having best picture, three acting wins, best director. It was also the first time that two Asian actors, Kihoi Kwan and Michelle Yao, won Oscars in the same year, both for their roles in everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, Brendan Fraser took home the best actor for portraying a 600-pound professor in The Whale, of which, great movie, tough movie to watch. Um, but I think the suit was a better actor than he was. And I, I, I can be a little bit mean on that because I've never played a 600 pound man. I'm getting there. I'm getting there slowly. Um, but the suit was pretty impressive in my opinion. Anyhow, let's move on. Shall we? This week, we're going to have a lot of Silicon Valley bank headlines. We're also going to go dancing. The brackets are set for the men's and women's NCAA college basketball tournaments, which kick off later this week. Um, I'm not a gambling man. I have won a bracket once in my life. Having played maybe seven total times, tell you that I've just kind of lost interest. Tomorrow is Pi Day. Ooh. Ted Lasso's third and final season premieres this week. Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, about a year ago, I was like, nothing's on Apple TV Plus. So I wouldn't even check. Um, you know, let's check HBO Max, see if anything new is there. Let's check Netflix, see if anything's new is there. Uh, let's not check Apple. But Apple's getting there, right? Elsewhere, former Mike, former Vice President Mike Pence. Criticizes former boss for his actions on January 6th, saying his reckless words endangered my family and everyone at the Capitol that day. And I know that history will hold Donald Trump accountable. That's as, as stinging as he's gotten. Newark, New Jersey. This has got to upset the Sopranos. I know you're saying, are you saying the real mafia Italians, Americans? No. I'm talking about the real um sopranos the tv show characters they would have had a treat with this one new jersey uh unveiled a statue of abolitionist harriet tubman to replace a now removed statue of christopher columbus interesting right um or not that one doesn't get my doesn't take me anywhere positive or negative statues are not my thing um there's a joke that I can't tell about Tories, you know, the English political party and statues. You can kind of see where it's probably going. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Market not convinced that the problem has been solved. Um, I did pay attention to the news this weekend. And like I said, I believe ultimately the Silicon Valley bank implosion will be the thing that we point to and say, that was the event. Are we there yet? No. One step that the Fed Reserve did. Uh, oh, for the record, another sign of the times, and I, I should have hit this earlier. 
One minute. That crypto is is dangerous or is very speculative. Fed had to shut down Signature Bank of New York um, because of fears of run on digital assets. First Republic is down 64% today. PacWest Bank Corp is down 45%. Comerica is down 21%. Key Corp down 13%. Charles Schwab down 9%. Bank of America down 4%. JP Morgan Chase down one2 You can see that the, the winners here are the monopoly banks, the big banks, the mega banks. Not a time to be a hero, but a time to think intelligently and know that we've seen this before. How will it play out in the end? This, I think, will be the event that we look back on and say, got it. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. So later today, I'm going to be doing an interview with AP Wealth's Director of Portfolio Strategy. And we're clearly going to be talking a lot about Silicon Valley Bank and the ramifications, the ramifications with the Fed, the ramifications with banking, the ramifications with markets. Biden speaks today about the crisis. HSBC has bought the UK arm of Silicon Valley Bank for one pound. <laughs> And I hate to say this because it may be too soon. Um, I think bailing out everyone was a mistake. I think on some levels of depositors need to be made whole, but there was kind of rules on depositors. But if you didn't bail out everyone who had cash there, and let's say it's a small tech company called XYZ Tech, and they're coming up with a financial algorithm to help poor people buy homes. Competition goes out of business overnight because they had $100 million. This is all hypothetical. This is all made up. But their $100 million the venture capital world had given them to pay their employees to buy buildings to, to build out their marketing team. It's suddenly gone, right? Um, if we didn't bail out everyone, including XYZ.com, the hypothetical bank or the hypothetical fintech in this example, their innovation would have gone away and tech innovation in the United States might have been very, very quiet for five to 10 years. Now, again, I don't know how I feel about that. Not smart enough to diversify their cash. Where the hell were the regulators? Do you see how today is going to play out? Do you see how today is going to play out? Okay, so here's what happened with. And this is such an easy one to break. You know how interest rates have moved up a lot in the last year? And at the seminar that I did this weekend, and for the record, everyone who showed up, thank you so much. I got such a nice, warm reception, and everyone was so kind to CFP Stephanie Richmond. That was a real fun event to do. Um, and her team was wonderful. It was kind of interesting because I don't think her team was uh, – it was the first time that they had seen me really do my stuff. And I threw down an F-bomb or two. And I talk about my first marriage ending in disaster. And it's not typically the clean presentation that you would think when you think of a financial presentation. I think one or two members of her team were like, Ooh, did he just say that? So I'm going to have to rethink my presentations in the future, um, but we'll see where we get with this. So where the hell were the regulators? 
you know how we have bank covenants? And this is where ultimately Silicon Valley Bank just muffed it. They, they, they just totally uh, uh, blew it. You're allowed to have, and this is for hypothetical examples because I'm not going to get deep into banking regulations. You're allowed to lend $30 for every dollar in cash that you have. Now, in times of financial recklessness or in times of financial contraction, the Federal Reserve will say, you know, let's change that ratio from 30 to 1 to 20 to 1. Now, you can also put some of that money in treasuries to match that 30 to 1. So you get, you know, a million or dollar in deposits, you're allowed to lend $30. But that dollar, you decide to put in a treasury for one, two, three years. Um, and then you get another dollar deposit. So you're like, uh, what do I do with that? And you're like, let's just keep that one in cash. And then you get it, but you lend out another $30 on top of it. And then you get another dollar of uh, deposits. You're like, let's put that one in a long treasury, like three years instead of the two year. What ultimately happened is after a year, they were so far behind that their safe cash was trash. If I locked up my cash last year when I was getting 0% for it, if I locked it up at 1%, I would be really disappointed because I just locked some cash up at 4.5-5% last month in the last 30 days. It's the correct way to say that. So that's what happened with Silicon Valley Bank is they, they locked in low rates for a long period of time. And then as that value of money changed because the Fed was up 75 basis points, up 75 basis points, up 75 basis points. The, the, the treasuries became less and less worth money. And when that happens, you're no longer at 30 to one. You're at, you know, oh, no, we've lent at 40 to one. And that's when there's a run on the bank. Again, I'm not thrilled that this happened. At one point in time, um, I interviewed at Silicon Valley Bank to be a spokesperson. It never got very far. Um. But to like, you know, get on their corporate videos and say, hey, everyone, it's me, Rob Black, the director of communications at Silicon Valley Bank. I just want to say happy Monday and let you know that we just bought another company and we've got this new product called Loan Sifter. That's the kind of thing that I was going to do for them. <clears throat> um, internal communications. Uh, they didn't want me to, like, try to get business for them in any way, shape or form. Yeah, maybe they did, but they, that was off in the uh, weeds of a conversation down the road. But when I go on Sand Hill Road and I see Silicon Valley Bank and their campus, I'm like, I've been on that campus. I, I know that campus well. So there is a little bit of nostalgia like that's over. Did it happen that fast? And the answer is yes. Will those assets be acquired? I do believe so. But tune in for the end of the show to decide what exactly happened. So far, Biden is saying that he's protecting the banking system. He wants to hold those responsible to account. It's going to end up being probably 10 to 12 traders that made the bet on short-term treasuries as a better idea than cash. And what ultimately turned out, the Fed moved too far, too fast, too big of moves. So it wasn't a good move at all for them. Locking in on the short term when the Fed moved rates to very high levels in that same short term, and you're locked into short-term returns. It's interesting. If you were to move all those assets away into a zombie bank and you do no more transactions, the treasuries would have matured nicely. We expect the government to still pay back their debt. Regulators close. Signature banks say depositors will be made whole. First Republic boosted available funding through the Fed. 
So they say that they've got the cash, but a lot of people like to shoot first, ask questions later. I don't blame you. Um, but I'm diversified where my, with my cash is, so I am not stressed. And for me as a stock market junkie, this might be the event that puts in the complete market bottom. Ten. The whoosh moment, something broke moment. The Fed messed up, going too far, too fast, too high. I'm Rob Black. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.